0: Thanks for listening to The Vines podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Once again, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's great to see you all. Uh, shall we begin with a little Shakespeare? Okay. What's in a name that we shall call a rose? By any other name would smell as sweet, so Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes. Without that title, Romeo doth thy, thy name, and for that name which is no part of thee, take all myself. What's in a name? There's a reason why that line is so famous and it's in our minds is because I believe all of us know there's power in a name, not only to keep two teenage star-crossed lovers apart from each other because of their family and drama there, but also we just know that there's power in a name that we experience in our life. As it's commonly said, there's no better sound in someone's ear than the sound of their own name. And I've also wondered myself if names have a deeper power. Lately, I've been thinking, how would my life be different if I didn't have the name Mark? Like, does that determine anything there's a lot of people that have different theories about this, that, uh, that names actually do kind of determine someone's personality or characteristics. There's actually a term for this. It's called uh, nominative determinism. Nominative determinism is this idea that to some degree, part of your makeup is determined by your name. So I was thinking about that this week, and I decided to actually have a little bit of an experiment I want to show you a picture and ask you the question, what do all of these people have in common? They're all Mark Charbonneau's. Here's a bunch of Mark Charbonneau's. While other pastors for other churches work really hard to have like a theological rich sermon, I'm just researching people with my same name. You guys want to know a little bit about Mark Charbonneau's and how you know, this idea that names determine who you are. Let me just share a little bit about these folks right here. Clinton's New Jersey's Hunter of the Year was Mark Charbonneau. He's a manly man. We have a lot in common. This right here is uh, another truth. No one sells homes like Mark Charbonneau here in Shelbytown, Michigan. He can make your real estate dreams come true. Mark Charbonneau is also the regional sales manager of AAA Innovations. Uh, this is a pretty active Mark Charbonneau on TikTok This Mark Charbonneau is a musician. Do you guys want to hear like a snippet of some of his music? I promise you don't. I promise you, you don't. The only thing I could find about this guy is that he posts a lot on Nextdoor in Hudson, New Hampshire. He's prolific on Nextdoor. As seen on this Subway sandwich hockey card, this Mark Charbonneau misspells his name but is really good at hockey. This is the owner of Onion Creek General Store. He's looking to sell if anyone wants to move outside Spokane, Washington. And then we got this guy, this guy. He's the object of all of our Mark Charbonneau's disdain because this Mark Charbonneau not only is like into biotechnology and drug development, but he owns MarcScharbonneau.com, which all of us want. And then there's this guy, oh. Katie, could we redo our staff pictures uh, next year by any chance? Okay, so is there any power in a name, really? Is there really any power in a name? Well, I think there is power in a name, and that's why sometimes parents get really, really nervous about what we should name our child because we're afraid. Like, what is this going to do to our child? Um, Many parents struggle with choosing a name for their children uh, but Mary and Joseph, they didn't have that struggle because they were splained their name. splained is like mansplaining, but when angels do it. And so Mary and Joseph were angelsplained what to name their son. And he was not only given the name Jesus, which means to save, but we also find that Jesus held other names that were given to him as well, including the name Emmanuel. This is from Matthew chapter 1. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. And one of the prophecies that were spoken about Jesus was this. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Jesus would carry this name Emmanuel, God with us. And for generations upon generations... What we find is that people held on to the promise that maybe one day God be, would be with humanity. Maybe one day God would actually walk this world with us, and what came with that was all of their hopes and dreams of that maybe one day when God is with us, that we'll experience peace again, and hope and deliverance, from oppression, well, maybe when Jesus is Emmanuel, or when God is Emmanuel, we will experience all those things. But then 2,000 years ago, God made good on his promise made good on his promise, and on that first Christmas, what we see is that Emmanuel came to be with God's people. But this Emmanuel was so very unexpected. He came not cloaked in dominance or opulence or with some sort of military power. He did not come to make the moral elite more elite. What he did was something so very different. Emmanuel was cloaked with vulnerability, with his human weakness. This kind of Emmanuel was lowly and common. Jesus would be a surprising way of understanding who God is. Even the way in which Jesus came into this world tells us about what Emmanuel would be like and how God would make good on that promise. What we see here, even in the way in which Jesus was born into this world, we would see what kind of God we would find in Emmanuel. Jesus was born to a couple alone, secluded in disgrace, unready for the Savior of the world. Jesus would be welcomed by shepherds. The only people that would be looking for him were foreigners that weren't trusted. They came from afar, and because of their presence, the only other person that would end up looking for Jesus was a king who was uh, riddled with jealous rage. And because of that, this Emmanuel would spend His most vulnerable days as a refugee in Egypt. That is the Emmanuel that we find in Christ. The creator of the universe. A fragile child. This is how Jesus would be Emmanuel. Vulnerably present in this world. And as we see in the Gospels, one of the greatest gifts that we ever have with Christ is by seeing how Jesus was present with people. And who he was present with. He was present with people in their pain, and their hopes. He was present with those who were the most disgraced, the most cast out from the religious inclusion, those who were riddled with regrets, those who were isolated, those who were lonely. Jesus was Emmanuel. Jesus was with them. Jesus was with people in their confusion and their uncertainty and their doubt that God was not afraid to be close to that as well. Jesus was close to those who experienced physical poverty, spiritual poverty, and the primary thing that Jesus offered was the gift of his sacred presence. His presence. As I heard another pastor say recently, I love this line, he said, The word became flesh and dwelled among us. The world did not become a religious system. The word did not become a theological checklist. The word did not become a political movement. The word did not become an ecstatic experience. The world became flesh, loving, embodied existence. Jesus came to be that, to be an embodied experience of God's love, especially for those who didn't know if God would ever give it. Those are the people that Jesus again and again chased after to show that God is truly with them, this loving embodied experience. What I love about the passage that we heard earlier, the same the same book that we read, the promise that there would one day would be Emmanuel shares this promise too. And if God is good with His promise on the first, I think He'll be good with this promise too, that He will show Himself faithful. The same passage says this: The God who made you in the first place, the one who got you started. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I wonder if on this Christmas eve if Jesus would want to peer into your life, become close to you, maybe even like Joseph and Mary looking over into the manger to look at their child, I wonder if Jesus would want to look at you and say these words that you are mine, I've chosen you, I've claimed you, I'm coming after you. I wonder if that is what Jesus would want to say over you. And how can I be so bold to say what, what what, what I think Jesus would say? Well, it's the whole story of Christmas. And we know this because his name is Emmanuel. And there's power. In that name. We hope you found this message encouraging. If you would like to learn more about the Vine, get connected to our community, or contribute financially to the Vine's ministry, go to our website at thevineaustin.org.